are recording with Mr. Charles Smith. I'm burping and gurgling all day today, so if you hear that, I don't, there's nothing to really do about it. Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023, 3.14 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to support the podcast, click the little red button. That's locals, bunch of exclusive stuff, whatever, daily updates, daily studio updates. Who cares? Go support the podcast for five bucks a month, or you can buy the merch. That's all my own custom graphic designs. Also, uh, Mr. Smith's been on here several times before. We never have any uh, any defined topics. I think there's a first, though, and that since I've been doing it live since about mid-January, I always I upload like a... <sighs> you have to upload like a 120-second loop video. So I just kind of give them the plug, you know, go to the whatever, go to the podcast. And it normally... And I always upload it the night before because between when I upload it around 2 a.m. and the actual podcast around 2 p.m., it can suck up like uh, just kind of 500 passive views just from people scrolling. And that does equate to money. It's not a lot. It's like a nickel. But if I do it every day, that's an extra 500 views I'm not leaving on the table. Point of that is, is I clicked on today's stream just like right before we started this. And somebody had already disliked it which I've never had before. I've never had someone pre-hate an episode. So whoever you are, sir, you got my attention. I don't care. I think it's funny. But you are probably like the least controversial guest I have. And people are like, fuck that guy. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Smith, with that, can you please introduce yourself while I post the live link rudely on my phone? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm here to draw your pre-hate on... <laughs> serious topics and I guess that's um, that's what I'm good at I think is um, trying to uh, look at things you know with a little bit of if not humor then at least detachment of of, the big issues of the day and my blog is of two minds.com because I'm one mind and you're the other so it's of two minds because I learn a lot from you uh, my viewer reader and um, pre-haters pre-haters you might have a good point there and I'll learn something I don't know. The preemptive hate is that's just that's somebody having a bad day or that's somebody that just hates me. And they they're probably chuckling going, Tommy, I dislike all your stuff. Jokes on you. Your interaction with my episodes drives it to the front page. So thank you, sir. Um, But uh, yeah, people, I I hate watch your podcast. I'm getting paid. Thank you. I don't. (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right, dude. Uh, Makes me look better. Makes me trend. Um, But what you were just saying beforehand, uh, you know, about focusing on, on health and getting healthy and eating healthy. And it's something that I've kind of said, if there's one thing I've done consistently in this life, it's go to the gym. There's not a whole and go and eat healthy. Not a whole lot else. Everything else has just been scatterbrain, shotgun approach, constant confusion and chaos. But if there has been one common thread in my life, it's been going to the gym since I was 13 started lifting weights up to today and I really do believe that there's no greater teacher than the gym it, it, I really think it holds the secrets to the entire universe in terms of dedication discipline responsibility there is no teamwork there's no one forcing you to go you got to learn what you don't know you get hurt you push through weakness and then you'll also push through pain. And just the other day, I hurt my neck. And then there's a fine line between pushing through pain and being stupid. My One of my good friends is a professional bodybuilder named Ivan. He's 6'4 from Bulgaria. Looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he would always say, there's difference between weakness and wisdom, stupidity and strength. And it was, there's one thing about waking up and going, I'm tired, I want to go to the gym. And you push through it. There's another thing, like you maybe tore a muscle. And it's like, don't, don't push through it. You're going to hurt yourself. All consistency, if you take time off, it goes away. It doesn't matter if you worked out for 20 years. If you stop, it starts degrading. Compound effects, exponential effects. It really, the, I think the secrets to school, to finance, to relationships, to mental health, everything, I really do think it all lies in the gym. And uh, I'll shut up now and continue to post the live link if you could please riff on that. Well, yeah, but I have a, I guess um, my first question to you is, did you, uh, because 
is my first question is, did you um, enter that world through athletics? In other words, by being on a team where there's some discipline? Nope. Okay. Well, that's interesting because like me, it was athletics, you know, like the, being the bench warmer, but you're on a team and then there's always drills and, you know, exercises and fitness and just on and on. You know, that's that's what you learn is being part of the team. I went, my dad, my dad's fine. He's like 64 now, 65. When he was 40, he had a heart attack. He had like the Widowmaker heart attack, which apparently is just a long line of Kerrigans dropped dead at 40, right? He survived, you know, fucking the providence of God. And uh, got a Bowflex and started exercising on that, and I was 13. And I don't know, I was 12, 13. Whenever you start going through puberty and girls stop being gross. And I just remember thinking... I was in like seventh grade and I was like, I got two years before high school. I need to pack on as much muscle as possible so that girls will flirt with me. That was my logic. That was my logic. Excellent. It's, it still works. (laughs) That was my logic. Would you play football? Nope. (laughs) Nope. I knew that I had no game. I had no ability to talk to women and I was awkward, but if I had abs, I figured it would make it easier. And it did. <laughs> so that was my logic. Hey, that, that works. But you obviously, uh, that's a very young age to get into the gym um, outside of some, you know, like organized uh, sports or, you know, um, being a member of a club or something like that. So I give you credit. that I think you're fairly rare. I'm sure there wasn't too many other 13, 14-year-old kids in the gym. It was definitely not, definitely not the norm. But it's also, I you know, I think it, by calling it rare, I think that puts too much credit on me because I didn't know anyone else that did that. But I have three brothers. One of them passed away in 2014. And we all exercised. And I think it's because my, and I think I know, my mom's a nurse. Both my parents played basketball. And there was never any junk food there was TV was off by 8 a.m. and you couldn't turn on before 7 p.m. Kick you out of the house, go run around. I mean, and not just like there wasn't ice cream or McDonald's. I mean, there wasn't sugary cereals. There was skim milk, not whole milk. There was no ice cream. You know, fruits and vegetables. My mom drove it into us that you're going to be healthy and that you're not because I'm I'm from the fast food generation, right? I'm born in 1990. My mom just from the beginning was like, you are not going to be a chubby little marshmallow. Like so many kids that grew up at McDonald's. So I would say it's rare, but the only other three people I know who ever did it were my siblings. So I then have to back up and go, it is rare, but it's not, it's not, it wasn't a fluke. It was, it was the dedication of my parents. Well, that was huge, and that 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 um, your childhood was was I think uh, rare for that mm-hmm. because um, you know a lot of people work in the healthcare industry and yet they um, they fail to follow the precepts yeah. of prevention yeah because the pressures as we were talking before we started recording the pressures are really um, against prevention and, and and taking responsibility for your. Your health, and I, I'll mention one thing that I've thought a lot about, which is the human mind, you know, is, um, is connected to our emotions and our body, right? And so it's like there's these, um, these taste, um, you know, uh, taste and, and pleasure centers in our brains. And so what, what, what triggers those, what fires those? Well, it's sugar, fat, and salt and the reason why is those are actually scarce in the natural world you know like you cannot get enough sugar you know you can eat some fruit or something and fat well you might get lucky and get you know um a fairly fatty uh game but most likely the game is going to be lean because it's been running for its life its whole life so those things were really scarce in our in the diet that we ate from you know millions of years as primates to two hundred thousand years ago when we were modern humans and certainly within 40,000 years. There's been no genetic change since then. So what do you do to get um, your sales up? Well, you pack those three things in your food and they become like our adult minds cannot overcome that. 
it just becomes extremely difficult. So your mom had the right approach, which was cold turkey. There isn't any of that stuff around. Yeah, because get over it. Yeah, it's been engineered to um, basically hijack our pleasure centers. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you got to stay away from all that stuff. But that means staying away from everything that's being marketed constantly. Yeah. And so that, that's, a, that's a tough one. And so most people don't really get to that except when they do have a health emergency or, um, you know, a chronic illness. And then they go, wow, you know. But that's another point I'd like to make is our bodies don't really have a mechanism to signal when we're getting unhealthy from eating, like, processed foods. Like, you know, the body struggles to keep equilibrium, right? So the pancreas pumps out more insulin and all this stuff. And so we, we feel fine, mm-hmm. right? even though we're eating garbage. And then until the, the body breaks down, and then it's too late to, you know, to jump on prevention in the same way. So anyways, it's like, it's like this weird mix where they, it's so easy to hijack our taste pleasure centers to sell product. And then we don't get any feedback from our bodies because our bodies were not designed to eat this kind of highly processed foods. So there's no mechanism to tell us, hey, you know, it's a good point. Feel like, wow, I'm starting to feel sick from eating this stuff. It's yeah. like, no, the body adjusts and we think we're fine. And, and so we're getting a false signal. That's actually a very good, yeah. It, because no, no mechanism has ever had to evolve, right? If you're, if you're, if you're eating all that food, yeah. the most you'll ever get from eating way too much food is like maybe you're kind of sick and you need to lay down and go to sleep. But you wake up and your body's like, we're good to go, man. You, we're ready to go run across the Sahara has no idea that you're in suburban Duluth, Georgia, right? And yeah. and it, so it's never evolved that. It has other mechanisms, right? Fight or flight. It has fear. It has exhaustion. It has dehydration. It has broken bones. It burns. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. There's never been something that's like, hey, man, you have too much, you know, you have atherosclerotic veins. You have too much calcium buildup. Your arteries are getting... Instead, it happens in more of an emergency. It just goes... Face down, heart attack. I hope someone calls the uh, the ambulance. Yeah, exactly. Right. Huh. And um, I, I just got a I just got an email from a, um, a reader, and he said, "Well, I had a stroke, and so his his whole life changed as a result. He's starting to eat healthy." And he said, "Um, you know, the best test to find out if you're pre diabetic is a fasting lipid panel, right? The fasting uh, blood glucose." And he said he went in to ask his doctor for it, and the doctor said, "No, the insurance isn't going to pay for that." unless there's a medical reason. So you're not going to get preventative tests yeah. unless you can lean on somebody. So in other words, so we're, you're flying blind because your body doesn't give you these signals. And then if you go into the healthcare system and go, hey, I want to check like how I'm doing here with like a, some really good blood tests. It's all like, well, what's your medical reason? So you mean I have to have a heart attack or a stroke and then you'll give me the test I need to be prevented to, to in, in, engage prevention? <laughs> you know, it's just like, how could you design a, a system that would be worse for health? I, I, I don't think we could do it, you know? I think it's not to sound like a flaming communist because I'm anything but, but that's the profit model, right? And the profit model in many senses has created the most wealthy, advanced society in human history. But that doesn't mean it's perfect, right? I mean, by definition of the fact that we quite literally run the planet, not the United States, I mean Homo sapiens, means that we have the we have we are the most fit, right? Yeah. We can't take a shark on, I can't fight a rhinoceros. Yeah, but you just shoot it, right? I use your brain. <laughs> Artillery shell it, vaporize his whole family. I'll napalm it. I'll kill it, right? Sharks are huge. Yeah, yeah, drench them up and skin them alive. I don't care, right? So, but because of that, what we're now talking about with the food problem, just because we are the most fit does not mean we are perfect. It just means we are the least shitty Right, bipedal organism with with eyes and ears and opposable thumbs. It's a pretty it's a pretty rocking system, right? We're, we're running the world, but it has its drawbacks. We kill each other and we eat until we die. It's the same thing with the profit motive, right? It has created the most wealthy, the most the most wealthy system, the strongest military. You know, for the first time ever, people don't go along with the imperialist system purely because of force, but also because it's like, hey, you can go there and chase the American dream. Like, that's better than dictators. But like the bipedal carbon-based life form, it doesn't mean that there aren't drawbacks. What got us to this point, holding on to every calorie, salt, fat, sugar, 
is also now killing us. So there are drawbacks. And our profit motive for cheaper skyscrapers and cheaper iPhones, okay. But it also means you can only go to the hospital after a stroke. And it's like one size doesn't fit all. But that that's... And then you start to, you know, come to the realization that natural selection didn't get us. Natural selection is still happening. Evolution never stops. We're in it right now, right? We're standing on a boat looking at a wake 10 miles long and going, look at that wake. And it's like, we're still forming it right now. It's not going anywhere. And yeah, yeah, so I mean, no, there couldn't be a worse system for healthcare. But um, let's. I want to go back to your thing about the gym because your experience. Because I think what you uh, mentioned to me is super important. And I remember I'm like a gener- generation plus old, older than you. Bullshit! You're 25. And, yeah, something like that. Plus, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, the, when you said you you have to be able to to differentiate between um, pushing yourself to this limit, which only you can know. No one else can know exactly how you feel and um, where your your physical limits are. But it, you cannot allow yourself to push beyond that because then you get injured, and the older you are, then the, the longer it takes. But even if you're younger, it's still, um, you can mess mm-hmm. yourself up. And so um, you mentioned the Bulgarian weightlifter, who I think this sounds like a fascinating uh, character to to interact with on, on um, yeah. you know, weight building. Yeah. I, I met a, um, I was neighbors with a Chinese acrobat teacher, a guy, an older guy, um, who had trained in, you know, all that really arduous um, Chinese acrobat uh, training as a youth. And um, he was in communist China until he was able to get out in like the 90s, right? Um, and so he was allowed to travel to like the Eastern Europe. You know, he's one of the few Chinese people that could leave China as a, you know, cultural demonstration of, China, of acrobatics. And he always told me, because I, I would talk to him and say, well, okay, I'm, I'm, I want to start doing more um, sit-ups and push-ups and stuff like that. And he would say, okay, well... Just go as far as, as as you as you can, but don't go beyond that. He said it's got to be easy, and and what he was referring to as easy meant compared to his training. Yeah, you know where it was like intentionally brutal. So, yeah, you know, in other words, you go to what's easy, not in the sense of you're not in 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 feeling stress or you're you know breathing hard or whatever, but n- not to the point of where you're going to get in pain that uh, means you're hurt. Yeah, and, and where that line is, that's what I want to talk about. It's very interesting. Well, and that's kind of a, another thing is, so you go, well, how do I know that line? Yeah. You, baptism by fire. And it's, you know, you can, I've gone through modes in my life. And yeah, even now I'm 32. When you're eight, when you're 18 and you get injured, you're out 48 hours. And you're like, all right, we're back in there. You know, I'm, I'm 32 and I was, what's today, Tuesday? On Saturday, I think, I was closing my window because it's the spring here and it feels good, but it's also cold, which is why I have a jacket. I was closing my window and I just felt my neck pop. And I was like, oh, (laughs) there it is. And like, I've had that before where I know that this isn't, I'm tired, it's raining out, I don't want to go to the gym. This is, nope, if I go do this, I'm going to be out for, I'm going to be out for a week, best case, or maybe a month. And you have to find that line and you have to be very honest with yourself too. Cause there's a lot of days where you're like, man, I think I'm kind of hurt and it's oh, shut up. I'll just, I'll, I'll look in the mirror and I'm just like, Oh, would you fucking can it? Well, you know, I'm kind of out. Who are you lying to gun to your head? Are you sticking with this alibi? No, go to the gym. Shut up. Um, that's a line. And then, but all these things just come from learning and to 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 tie in why it is I think it's the greatest teacher is this podcast really is just an outgrowth from weightlifting. It's no different. You first start weightlifting, you're gonna go buy all the whey protein. I'm gonna work out two hours a day. You can do it for like a week. And then the day that you don't do it, you then throw the whole thing out the window and you stop going. I've been working out since two thousand three. I'll never go to the gym for longer than 20 minutes. Never longer. I don't take any breaks when I'm there. I don't walk around and talk to people. I hate going to the gym. I despise going to the gym. Get in, get out. 
But by keeping it only 20 minutes on a day like today where I wake up and I don't want to go and it's cloudy and cold. If you have to go for two hours, you're not going to go. But if you can look down at your phone and go five minutes to walk there, five minutes back, 20 minutes there, I can be back in my kitchen in 30 minutes from laying down in bed. I can be back here in 30 minutes. You just get up and go. And by keeping it simple and consistent, and then obviously, you know, you find out where the pain is and all that good stuff. You end up going for years and at this point for decades. So with the podcast, I know if I do one a day, I'm not pushing myself. Two a day is a decent pace. I can go at a good clip doing three a day, but not for that long. Maybe if it's a big week with a bunch of guests that I just don't have the luxury of canceling on. I, I got to get these views. You can tie it in, but then you maybe you need to take a longer weekend. But this podcast is very much an outgrowth of the gym. It's consistency. It's knowing, oh, I'm too tired to talk to Charles Smith today. Shut up. Turn on the camera. Versus like, I'm exhausted. My mental health is breaking. Put the show on pause because you're, you're going to have an anxiety attack or fall into a depressive rut. So that's back to what I was saying before we start recording, I really do think that the gym is the greatest teacher that there is. Yeah, let's talk about that um, that whole concept of discipline and because um, what interests me is, you know, um, when you get when you get older or if you know older people, most of them are talking about their meds. <laughs> and like, well I gotta take my meds and it's all like, well okay. That's interesting, but you have discipline to take your meds every day, <laughs> but you don't have any discipline to eat well. I mean, it's just kind of bizarre. Like you can remember to brush your teeth, but you don't have any fitness. Like, uh, yeah. And so it's like, I don't have an answer for it. I just notice it. And I think that's interesting. You know, like people manage to brush their teeth and take their meds, but they don't, they, they don't have the discipline to have any fitness. I mean, fitness to me can be really simple. Like, sure. Because we're to me, it's zero. Like that's where most people are. So if you can go take a walk, yeah, for fifteen or twenty minutes, that's fine. Walk your walk your dog or get out there. Hey, that's that's a damn good start. It's you know? a very good start. Um, but if people find reasons not to do that, but they can still brush their teeth and eat uh, eat their meds, then it's all like, well, why couldn't you do something positive for yourself? But somehow there's this tremendous resistance. I don't. I'm not sure I have an answer. Did you, you know? have you have you brushed your teeth today? Oh yeah. I have too. <laughs> Did you think about it? Did you think twice about it? Only that I want to keep my teeth. <laughs> well, so there. So this is it. Well, so there's the microcosm. Do you think about putting on clean clothes? Yeah. Do you think right. was showering a difficulty? No, but there, but therein lies the microcosm again. These things you've been doing your whole life, you don't think twice about them. And not only do you not think twice about them, you've actually gone one step further to where there are no longer a difficulty. When you're a kid, go take a shower, brush your teeth. I don't want to, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it comes second nature. And then you eventually move to a point where not only does it become second nature, becoming second nature is the first phase. It's just now something you don't even think about. There's another phase after that, which is like the golden, the, the Goldilocks phase. And that's where not only do you not think about it, you don't like not doing it. You don't think about brushing your teeth. You go, I don't want a shitty tasting mouth. I don't want to knock people over with my bad breath. I want to have clean clothes on. I want to shower. And so that's, again, with exercise is when you, the, the hardest day is the first day. But once you go and you realize that 20 minutes is just 20 minutes, you just start going. I mean, within a week, it's already like, yeah, whatever. It's just 20 minutes. You just go do it. And after enough months and years, you'll reach where I am now, which is you kind of become a slave to it. If I don't go to the gym, I am I'm more anxious. I get more easily depressed. I mean, I look like I'm on heroin. I could just nod off. Like, I've just, I've, seriously, it makes me more tired not going to the gym. The podcast, the quality of the podcast drops considerably because I'm searching for words. I'm like, um... Because your brain isn't oxygenated, you're not you're not pushing through aerobic and anaerobic exercise. You're not jacking your blood uh, blood flow up, and that's the Goldilocks zone. Is where not only do I not go, yeah, it's just the gym. Now if I don't go, I'm like, well, that's what drives me now. Is I go if I don't go to the gym, 
This is going to be a sucky day. Instead, it's, you know, I just did my first winter in New England in like 15, 20 years. No seasonal affective disorder. It's because I crushed the... It's cloudy right now. It's been cloudy for like 10 days in a row. Fucking whatever. Go hit the gym. It, it keeps you it keeps you bright and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, whatever the saying is. So even that is kind of what you're getting at is baseline, just go for a walk. It becomes second nature. Yeah, if you can keep it up long enough. And and so I'm, I'm interested in your 20 minutes because, um, you know, I try to read a lot as, as much as I can about fitness because it, it gets harder when you're older. You know, you mm-hmm. got to be more careful, right? So you got to, uh, you, you know, <clears throat> I think of it sort of like your spare uh fuel tank right when you're younger you can kind of like abuse yourself a bit or and and you got that spare energy because you're young or this buffer whatever analogy you want and those go away when you're older but 20 minutes is um is is there seems to be a lot of studies that if you want to stay fit 20 minutes three times a day uh three times a, a week is enough i'm i'm pulling up my i'm pulling up my excel sheet okay so do you you keep track of I, fitness. In college I did And then I stopped for a while after And then now I do because I just keep track of like Podcast data every day No I just keep track in did I work out or not Yes no You can go back and it So that's another thing is you want to be able to look in hindsight You know because it's, yeah. it's very easy to be like I worked out a lot this month And you look back and you're like ooh I worked out four days You're like that ain't That ain't good And then the flip side of that I really need to go to the gym. I'm exhausted. I'm tired, but I, I got to go. And you look back at the month and you go, oh my God, I've worked out 27 to 30 days. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think, no, you can take a day off. You can take a day off, kick your feet up. And then something I started doing on the, on, what was it? Um, where are we working at? Push-ups. Where are push-ups? Push-ups, push-ups. So five minus, so on August first 2021 i'm still getting back into lifting i mean after losing your brother i kind of lost all fitness gained a ton i mean literally gained 67 pounds lost a ton of muscle it took me a long time to get back into it and so on august 1st 2021 i decided that at the beginning of my workout i was going to do five push-ups five seconds of planks or uh, you know bows and toes elbows and toes right get your abs just five seconds and one pull-up and it was very demoralizing because i used to do like 300 a day 300 push-ups a day in college wow it was an animal actually that's i did more than that i did 480 i did four sets 120 i'm watering it down it was insane and it's a huge demoralization thing you go oh, i'm just fat and old now and after several years of trying to get back into it. I'm going to do 80 push-ups a day. And you do it for maybe a day or two, and then you stop. And then six months goes by, and you go, if I had just done five a day, I'd probably be somewhere. So on August 1st, 2022, I can't, you can't really see it, but it's just not important. It's an Excel spreadsheet. Use your imagination. Um, on, sorry, August 1st, 2021, I did five push-ups, five seconds of planks, and one pull-up. And then you come into another lesson of weightlifting. Well, that was easy. I can do more. You've told yourself you could do more for years, and you haven't. So do the easy thing. And if you can do the easy thing, we'll do more next month. So eventually you you put your ego back down. You go, all right, fine. It's just five, whatever. I mean, knock out five. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five. Do five seconds of planks. Do one pull-up. Got it. There's your pre-workout. On the 1st of September, do 10 push-ups. 10 seconds, two pull-ups, keep going and going and going. Once I got to 30, I realized I couldn't really go past that. I couldn't do more than 30 push-ups. I couldn't do more than 30 seconds of planks, and I couldn't do, so that would be six pull-ups. I couldn't really do more than five. And I kind of hit a wall, and I went, well, I guess I can't do more than this. And then I decided, like, who's, who says that they all have to be in a row? So I did, once I hit month seven, I did 30 push-ups, 30 seconds of planks, five pull-ups, five push-ups, five seconds of planks, two pull-ups. And so I started breaking it into sets of 30, 35. 
as of this morning, today's the second, so it's yesterday I bumped up the numbers because it's the second day of the month. I did 105 push-ups, 105 seconds of planks, and 19 military pull-ups. Not 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 chin-ups, pull-ups. 30, 30 push-ups, 30 seconds of planks, five pull-ups. 30 sec or 30 push-ups, 30 seconds of planks, five pull-ups. 30 push-ups, 30 seconds of planks, five pull-ups. 15 uh, push-ups, 15 seconds of planks, four pull-ups. And next month I'll be on to 110. Never once have I felt like I've been increasing the weights. Never once. We're coming up on it's May in what June, July, August. In three months, it will be two years. I have never once truly noticed a rise in the incline of the work. And therein lies, weightlifting is the greatest teacher ever. I have never once felt the difficulty in doing two podcasts a day. This is episode 1,211. Yeah, crazy. Unbelievable. Well, you know, that I'm glad you, you recounted exactly how that works because I think that is, um, there's tremendous wisdom, as your Bulgarian weightlifter said. Um, there's wisdom in that. You first, you just start with a five and you just do that, get used to that, and then, and then proceed from there incrementally instead of, as you say, you want to push yourself... Let's talk a little bit about the, the macho thing. We're, yeah. We're, ma we're males, and for all I know, and I don't know because I never was, you know, a coach of, of female athletes or anything, but females athletes probably have the same kind of equivalent thing. They don't may not call it macho, but, hey, you know, somebody else is doing more and um, than you are, and so then you start feeling like, well, I better, you know, I got to show that I'm just as good or whatever. That's a... Uh, that is a way to, to get hurt in my view, <laughs> but you know, it's there, it's real, you know? So it's, it's, as you said, the gym, it's just you. And I think that's the way I feel about it too. I'm only competing against myself. I don't care if somebody else can do whatever they, they can kick my ass. They can do a, you know, way more than I can. I'm only competing against myself. And the only way I can lose is if I injure myself from stupidity. Yeah. There is again, weightlifting is the greatest teacher of all time there's both strength and stupidity in macho machismo testosterone fuck that guy <laughs> you will get hurt early on you're 16 you get in there you see somebody lifting more i can fucking lift more and you go in there you lift more next thing you know you feel something pop or snapping you out of the gym for a month right all right well you, you got spanked you got burned and if you're a true teenager you'll do it again because you're retarded right <laughs> just what it is you got more testosterone in your veins than blood eventually you'll learn and you'll stop doing it but that does not mean that suppress the masculinity don't don't get jealous no fuck that it is a wonderful thing to feel anger to feel inadequacy to feel competition <laughs> right but what it teaches you is to work in silence you see somebody working more than you. I mean, I remember back to freshman year of college, two, or sorry, freshman year of high school, uh, August 2005, 15. I had been lifting weights for like two years at that point, which was light years above everyone else. And I could do a, I could do a ton of the lat pull downs because I'd been doing pull ups. And there's this kid that was always just like, I can do as much as Tommy. And he would really, I mean, I could tell he was hurting himself, but to his credit, he would get the weight down. But I could tell this guy was just hurting himself. And uh, I never once looked at him as much as I hated him in, you know, in a competitive sense. He's a, he's a great dude, whatever. I think he was my friend. As much as I hated him and was like, I'm going to fucking eviscerate you. You just keep a calm, cool, collected face. And because by making claims, you can only embarrass yourself. By making no claims, you can only look good you know yeah, i don't care that he's doing more than me and right under the surface i'm boiling but you just go yeah whatever don't make a big thing out of it but just go home and when you're by yourself unleash it do the pull-ups fuck that guy i'm going to crush him later in the semester when he's still stuck on 210 pounds and you're you're just repping 300 again you just play it cool you go oh yeah no just consistency 
the effect is the same. And you, it, right on the surface, you're like, I beat that bitch. But you just keep it cool. But that applies to that applied to being pre-med. When somebody smokes you on an OCHEM test, you don't look at them and go, I'm going to destroy them. Just very, yeah, yeah, that sucked. Go home and then tap into the militant, like, I will destroy my enemies. And it, and it teaches you to stay calm, cool, and collected. And really, I mean, it goes back to Sun Tzu. You're like, win the war without before it's ever fought. And that's taught me everything. It really has, you know. Stay cool, very, you know, I act very relaxed on the podcast. No, I'm constantly looking at the next marker. And I'm like, I'm going to get that guest before anyone else does. I'm going to do everything to get that guest. I'm never once going to show people how badly I want that guest because now there's a value on it. And if I don't get it, it's embarrassing. And I'm never going to gloat when I do get him. You just get him and very nonchalantly like, ah, yeah, you know, whatever. I talked to him. He's walked on the moon. It's whatever. It's taught me everything. It truly has. It's taught me everything. I'm going to get that girl. No, just don't say a word. You'll get her. And then don't gloat. And this may sound very machismo, very like male. Well, that's because it's what I am. So shut up. But it is a very good teacher because at first you will try to win the war on the opening shots of the battle. And you'll hurt yourself like an idiot. You'll get embarrassed. You'll fail a test. You'll tear a bicep. You're an idiot. But by just keeping that focus there, that competition, that that blood boiling focus, but then also practicing just keeping a calm facade and doing the work in silence, it teaches you humility. And it also teaches you to be very wary of calm, cool, collected people. <laughs> if you just see some other guy, it's like, yeah, you know, you did pretty good on that test. I'm going to try my hardest. I'm like, that's an enemy. That guy's going to fucking kill me. <laughs> right. So I know I've been running my mouth as I always do when I talk to you, but that's another great teacher is keep that, keep that competitive machismo alive, but keep it right under the surface. Have a diplomatic front, go shake the hand. You're the president knowing full well that you've got a Delta force team behind enemy lines. <laughs> like, does that make sense? Yeah, that's a very important, I think that's an excellent description of, of how to channel that energy, you know, that competitive spirit. And then another thing that I, uh, because I'm, I'm a mediocre athlete, but I always was trying out and, for teams. And luckily I went to small schools until the last year of high school. So I could be on the team, be a bench warmer, like any, basically anybody could join. And it's, it's bad. I think it's, it's, it's not good if you go to a big competitive school, because then if you're only like me, average or mediocre, then you can never get on the team, you know? I mean, there's other opportunities outside of school, but um, anyways, you, you learn your limits, you know? And so in other words, um, and that's also, you know, humility where you go, you know, I, I'm, that guy runs faster than me and he doesn't do diddly squat and I'm on the team and it's and, and the best fitness of my life. And, and he just, he, uh, he, you know, he can do a, a 50 yard run faster than I can. And I'm just like, there you go, you know? <laughs> It's like we're, we, we can only compete against ourselves is, is what I think. In other words, you, you want to harness that competitive spirit, but you also go, you know, my best is, is not going to be the, it's not going to, it's going to be lower than somebody else's best. Sure. For me, that if I've hit a hundred percent of my capacity, then that's, um, that's still an accomplishment, you know, that, that's the other kind of balance with the competition, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, so that I would I would mention that my my whole um, athletic career is nothing but realizing my limits. You know, getting clocked by some big bigger guy on yeah. the football field and and um, or running out of endurance. You know, getting my ass kicked in the six hundred yard run or whatever. And then you go, you know, I, I want to do I want to do better. But you, you know, you realize you're maybe not going to win a competition against more talented or more trained athletes but you can do you can get up to your maximum whatever that is and that that's a that to me is um the the goal you know it's like what can i do to get to my maximum not not necessarily beat everybody else but get get to the highest level i can so that's the other side of competition um that falls 
weightlifting is the greatest teacher of all time, that falls into strength versus stupidity, wisdom versus weakness. And that yeah. comes into the whole compromise because there's there's realism, there's empirical observation of that guy's 6'6", six, six, I'm 5'8". <laughs> We're both going for the rebound. but And you have to be very careful with that too because there is the whole, like, don't put limits on yourself, right? So something like getting into med school, when I decided I wanted to get in, I had, like, C's in all my classes and I was a weightlifting frat boy. If I had looked at, you know my Asian friend with straight A's, I could have said, well, he's just built different and maybe this is my limits. And that would have been a very alluring, seductive excuse to not do anything. But there also is realism where you go, I am training day in and day out. But I'm 5'8", and that guy is a 6'6 black guy from Ghana. He's going to beat me on the 100. And it it doesn't mean give up. Right. You know, give it your all. But don't be insane. Don't be irrational. Also realize, like, yeah, Shaq might just get the rebound over me. You know, he's, he's, about, he's about two feet taller than me. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you've quit, and that doesn't mean you've lost. But you have to be you have to use that excuse very sparingly because you don't want that to become a habit either. Well, Tommy's been lifting weights since 03. I can't do that. You know, it's so you see where it's seductive. But then there also are, you know, physical limitations where it's like he is physically 18 inches taller than me. His his wingspan is two feet wide. Okay, you know, okay, versus something where it's like he's smarter than me and he has better grades, but there is no limitation to why I can't do better than him, right? So no, I com- I completely agree with you there, and that's a very that's a that's a delicate thing to weave through because you don't want to fall back on, well, he's better than me because next thing you know, you're writing off the whole world better than you and why should you get out of bed? Right, exactly. But don't and beat so- yourself up if, you know, you get like you said you get clocked by a 300-pound lineman, you might go, you know what? I might be better doing a blog or a podcast, right? And that's fine. You just go, noted. I understand. I can't move my neck, and I don't want to eat out of a feeding tube for the next decade, right? Yeah, and then, um, but but I think, um, I think another thing I think about is, but, but pushing yourself to your max or limits is, um, that's the real fun. Oh words, yeah, say, yeah. In other words, you can say, "Man, I I managed to do something I did not think was possible." Right? Uh, and it can be something, you know. For a lot of people, it would be like, you know, just maybe running for like a quarter mile or yeah. something like that. You know, where whatever you're starting out as. But but other people, you know, it's like, it, and I think doing so consistently. That's the message I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. you say without saying it is we all both you and i have seen a million guys and our friends and everybody they go out and they run three miles at, from like and they haven't run yeah. anything in years yeah and then they're messed up right yeah um and it's not consistent so it's kind of a joke like okay you feel machismo that you ran those three miles or whatever. now are you going to run it tomorrow no because i'm all busted up yeah i'm hurt <laughs> yeah and yeah you can, uh, so what was the point? So consistency, like yeah, that's that's I think the beauty of it, you know. In other words, what do you, what do you feel good about? Not just that you've maxed out your levels, but you go, I'm able, I'm I've reached a point where I can keep doing this, you know, and um and um, and have fun doing it. That's also great because if you're not having any fun, it's well then, hard to, yeah. to get going on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hate going to the gym. It absolutely sucks, <laughs> but I love how I feel the rest of the day. Uh, there is, well, what about vanity? You know, vanity is a huge thing. You're lying to yourself if you don't, it feels good to look in the mirror and be like, hey, I'm not a male model, but like, all right, you know, I'm all right. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a six, four chiseled jawline guy, but I'm going to work with what I have. I might be a pasty white Irish guy, but yeah, I've, I've, I've got an ab line and you're like, yeah. you feel, you go, okay, you a little more confidence. You go, well, what else can I do? Yeah. If I can do these baby steps. Right, and you always do see someone in the gym. You can always tell it's the first time there, either because it's January first, or it's because they get on there, and they just you always you can hear it. 
and someone on an all-out sprint on the treadmill. And you go, he's never been here before. And you can fall off from there, or that guy's going to come back a couple days later, and you're going to see him going half the speed. And then that's like you almost want to give him like a fist bump. You're like, you you got it now, right? You got it now. And But that carries over into everything. The slow, consistent. I read, read. I listen to one hour of an audiobook a day. That's it. I've taken down like 110 historical audiobooks since right when I started the push-ups, August 2021. That's more books than I've ever read in my life. Same shit. Yeah. That, yeah. And, um, you know, I think like, okay, I'm thinking of, of people listening to this and then... Um, you know, most people that I know, and maybe I, I self-selected some kind of um, audience that's not indicative, but very few people I know have any fitness program whatsoever at, at any age, really. Um, so that is like one of the tripods of health, right? Fitness, hydration, and, you know, eating real food, right? I mean, and so it's like, well, wait a minute. How can people think they can get away with having no fitness? I mean, not even a 10-minute walk or, you know, uh, something or other. And so it's like um, I'm hoping the listeners will go, will get what our main message is, which is just do something consistently. Like you said, five, five push-ups. Um, that's a good start. Five-minute walk. Um, shoot some baskets, take the dog out for a walk, um, whatever. It doesn't matter, whatever you think you might do. But if you keep doing it or a mix of things, you're going you're gonna to feel better. As you say, it, uh, after a while, you go, and, and vanity is, is worth it. I totally agree. Yes. It's a great motivation. Like, who wants to look um, budgy, dumpy, you know, and, and be breathing hard, climbing like, you know, 10 steps? You know, it's like nobody feels good doing that so you know if you can motivate yourself with vanity go for it you know since i started lifting weights i always now granted the problem was once i opened my mouth that's when the girls would leave but you know i always had the ability to, if i just kept my mouth shut i could always get girls to approach me i could always approach a girl and not be shut down again i could never close any deal because then i'd open my mouth and i'd be like do you know Kennedy was killed by the CIA? And they're like, oh, this guy's, you know, <laughs> you know, fucking, you know. And, but I always had that ability. And, that, and that's a huge confidence booster. It feels good. Uh, just like fats and sugar and salt feel good, it's also built into, probably more so than the need for food, is the need for procreation, right? Because you can still procreate, send on your DNA, and then die. Your body's like, yeah, we're good now. You did the thing. That is the pinnacle. If you think if you think your attraction to Big Macs are strong, the apex, the ICBM of natural selection is no spread your seed. Right. And so that absolutely feels good. And to think that there aren't like feedback systems into your brain by natural selection, you got laid. So now you feel better. And so now you're more pumped up to go on the hunt to get a woolly mammoth or to go build a fire. Absolutely it is. It's a holistic uh, system. And after I gained a ton of weight, after my brother died in 2014, I was so dumbfounded. Because I was like, I, I used to be able to really walk up to any girl and like get her to smile and get her number my whole life. I'm a cocky asshole, but like was always able to do that because I maintained like a level of fitness, just lean muscle. And then it just turned off like a light switch. And I was like, well, this is weird. And then after like six months of that, and then a year of that, and then two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, seven years, man, it starts to wear on your confidence. You're like, I can't even, I can't even get a phone number. Well, then that carries over into why would this job hire me? You go into the interview with your shoulder slouched. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a good candidate. It carries over to anything. And it's very sad. And it's very, it's anger inducing. You're like, I can't fucking get a girl to make eye contact with me. I'm not even trying to get laid or get her phone number. I'm just smiling and they're not even looking back. Dude, that sucks. And it carries over into everything. And the importance is 
you don't then take this mindset and spiral into nihilism and go, well, everything sucks. You take this anger and turn it into self-improvement. And it might be shallow. It might be depressing. But man, I've since September of last year, I, I got dehydrated and weighed myself. I was 212 pounds. As of two days ago, I'm 184.6 pounds. I have got more phone numbers and flirt backs and smiles. Now, granted, I haven't been laid once because I'm an idiot and I don't know how to talk. And again, I start bringing up the Cold War and, you know, I'm like, James Jesus Angleton was a hero. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know, like, what what, what did you want? Do you, what side did you want with that burger? And I'm like, he tried to save the Republic. That's a whole other thing. And that's on me. But the very ability to at least be able to flirt and smile and get a smile back that's genuine Man, that's like a that's an EpiPen to the heart. That boosts your whole day. It's just as invigorating as a cup of coffee or a good workout. You come into the podcast, you, you get a little more confidence, you get a little more swag. You go into an interview, you're feeling a little all right, you know. You go into a med school interview and like knowing that you were, you know, dating a hot girl, you go in there with more confidence. Now it could be arrogant, it could be cocky. Whatever. It is very important to have that. That is an intrinsic part of our lives, no different than the quest for calories. And it's, let it motivate you. Let it drive you. It's not going to bring you happiness, but man, it's, it's a, it's a good afterburner on that, on that fighter jet. And it's, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) I'd say, yeah, I totally agree. And like, it's as you say it's holistic if you if you're eating well and you're enjoying real food and your you know fitness level is 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 somewhere up there toward your upper level decent wherever yes. you are in life then you you feel good and then you know you look at yourself in the mirror and you go yeah like uh, yeah i'm an old guy or whatever but hey look at hey. those muscles yeah pulling under my skin you know it's like you know yeah and, yeah and then you feel better yeah your pants start yeah. fitting better yeah, it's the yeah, best feeling in the world. That's right. <laughs> you and of course we are we do, we do inhabit a body. So if we yes. treat our body like crap, well then we're gonna feel lousy, right? So and, uh, as the French would say, voila. Yeah, and <laughs> and then like it's not even just like the the vanity thing. Even if you live by yourself, even if you lived in like a compound and never saw a human in your life, physically working out releases endorphins releases i think they're called endogenous encephalines and uh we now know we literally now know it's not just a hunch it's about the uh what is it the 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 gastro the gastro neuro loop or something no sorry i think it's the gastro neuro axis and it's the actual balance of what is in your gut and how it affects your neurotransmitters and eating healthy is the best thing you can do but exercising is like the second best thing. Even if you're eating shit, but you're exercising, your body will still make the most out of it. I mean, it is a holistic system of just feeling better. And it's, but you got to do it on your own. And so most people never do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, and that's too bad because um, there's so many benefits from it. And, um, and, and, and I just want to say, I'm a very average or mediocre or even below average person in terms of whatever you want to talk about, like, um, you know, natural, you know, athletic ability, no less than less than normal, you know, I mean, um, a great body that's amazing and blah, blah, blah. No, no, I'm just completely average. But even for an average person, you're going to feel a lot better. Yes. You know, if 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 you're uh, just doing those those basic things, you know, and then you can look at yourself in the mirror and, and then pat yourself on the back, like, hey, I did my five my five uh, push-ups and, and sit-ups, you know, knowing that you can probably work your way up to ten, and you know, but if you know, and and it's um, as you say, it's 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 easy if you do it that way. Yes. And and that's what we're talking about. Is 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 it's it's like easy. It doesn't mean no effort. But it means it's it's really um, the, what you outlined is is something that anybody can do. You yes. don't have to be talented. No. You don't have to be. You don't have to start out fit or anything else. You know, and that's what I love about our conversation. 
and it's um it also it changes how you look at everyone after so once you're once you're four years into it and you're now doing whatever many push-ups a day and you go god that i can do that i can do anything well and then you look at someone who has built a company and you go instead of being like kill the rich you know the the com you start going that guy probably just worked his balls off every day I've never seen someone with a six pack say I hate Elon Musk. Get any get any bodybuilder, you'll never see them look at someone and go fuck that guy. They'll just they'll they'll go, "Yeah, he's getting after it." You'll never see that. Who there is there is reality to the stereotype of the fat miserable person looking at someone and being like, "Jeff Bezos has too much money." It's like, "Dog, shave. Brush your teeth." And like these little things and you start to look at people who have succeeded and it doesn't mean that there aren't like demons who take advantage but sure that's okay, I get it but it changes your whole outlook of reality of like that guy's lucky to all of a sudden you go that guy worked hard and then it dawns on you you go I work hard I can do that and then the world turns from this oppressive system of I'm just keeping my head down do you go, why can't I own a business? Why can't I own a Lamborghini? Well, I probably have to save up money every day. Well, probably like doing push-ups every day. Like a dollar a day. All right, it might take a decade. Fuck it. And all of a sudden, the world stops being this scary thing of unreachable goals where you're just a peasant looking up at Mount Olympus where the gods are playing. And you go, oh, I could be a god. It's going to take me a little while. But I can be a god. And it completely inverts your entire view of reality. You just start looking at things and going, well, why can't I do that? And it, it really does turn life into like a beautiful game. And it's, if that's not worth it, I, I don't, then if that doesn't get you going, hey, life can be a sandbox. It can be a constant, it can be a constant recess where it's play and you're just trying to do better. If that doesn't get you motivated, man, I don't know what to tell you. Then, I, I, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, I, I think there's a book in here uh, that you'll have to write that um, something along the lines of, uh, you know, weightlifting is, is um, all you need to know or something like but that. It really, but there is such like, symbolic, poetic, just meaning behind it where it's like, it really is like the meek shall inherit the earth. It's like, no, the knuckle draggers shall conquer the world. Like, what is weightlifting? It is the most brute. <laughs> it's you versus gravity. What do you do? Pick the thing up. Then what? Put it down. Then what? Do it again. For how long? Till you can't. How long do I do it? Forever. No, no timeline. There's no cycling on and off. You just do it. Yeah, just pick shit up and put it down. That's it. That's it. Ah, every day, every day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and if you can't afford the gym, get a couple of five-gallon buckets, plastic buckets. You pick them up for free, probably, and then fill them with rocks. Mm -hmm. And then you walk around and you lift those up halfway. I mean, that'll work too. That, that, I have a lot of rocks on my property. <laughs> I have a lot of. I'm carrying a lot of rocks, and it's like, hey, you, you know, fill that five-gallon bucket halfway up with rocks, and um, and and you're gonna get some some good exercise. You know, hefting those around. <laughs> like, if you can't afford an attorney, an attorney will be provided. If you can't afford a gym, Earth will provide you. There's there's gravity, and you have mass. That's right. Get down and just start pushing. That's right. What if I hurt myself? That's part of the lesson. You'll <laughs> sit-ups, push-ups, wall sits, jumping jacks. Just jump up and down. You look like an idiot. Yeah. Just jump up and down. Just start running. <laughs> like it's, It really is. And through that, you can learn all... Th it's kind of like... I think it's called the Markov chain. You ever seen, like, a... a it's, like, a 10,000, like, iterations where they'll take, like, an AI and, like, a simulation and they'll, like, teach it how to walk and the first iteration, it just falls over. They'll give it, like, two legs or something in a torso. And after, like, 10, it can maybe take a footstep. And after 100, it can take a couple footsteps. After 1,000, it can, like, climb stairs. But it's just constantly falling over. But every iteration, it gets better. 
And then after like 10,000 generations, you can throw a ball at it and it will like take a hit and stay standing. And after 100,000 generations, it will dodge the ball and it eventually becomes like a human. It's terrifying. That's kind of like a Markov chain is simply gravity. Just start pushing and pulling and understanding pushing through pain. And it's, it's a simplification, but it's not false to say the next step is getting into medical school. That's how it starts, is owning a business. And that sounds simplistic, but it's not false. Just start doing push-ups and pay attention to what you're learning. The next step is you putting your corporation on the market with an initial public offering. I, it's, it is that is true though it's not false you got to stay with it but the lessons to the universe exist within exercise I don't know yeah I agree and your body wants to heal and it wants to be strong so you, you're either helping it or hindering it so that, that's kind of a summary um, as always dude I can keep talking I've kept you for an hour though so if you want I'll give you a free out if you want an out I think we've I think we've reached a point where I think that I think we've summarized I think we've reached a good point. And if you haven't if people have haven't been inspired listening to you then I yeah, it's then then um, they need to listen to it again. Yeah, and that's the thing is like if you reach the end of this and you're still like but I'm not insp- there is then comes in like the hammer of tough love. <laughs> where it's like I just went through and told you all of the beautiful colorful loving dare I say angelic divine Christ like lessons you will learn from exercise if you're still not there shut the fuck up and just go to the gym stop thinking stop thinking left right left breathe in breathe out go to the gym this is the tough love side Mom will tell you why you're grounded and that, you know, you're going to thank us when you're older. If that doesn't work, dad's going to tell you to shut the fuck up (laughs) and go get a job. That's the other side, all right? I just provided the angel. Here comes the demon. If you don't exercise, you're going to be fat, you're going to die early, and you're not going to get laid. There's the, you know, I don't want to have to result to the nuclear weapons, but that's the nuclear weapon. Diplomacy negotiations have broken down. We are now releasing chemical weapons on your population. <laughs> like the, that's the other side. You know, come onto the battleship Japan and, and sign the surrender agreement. If you don't, we're gonna we're gonna nuke your women and children. That's the that's the that's the iron fist beneath the velvet glove. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I would summarize it um, about what you said is that Jack Lalane, you know famously extremely fit etc he said i hate um exercise but i love what it does for me well that's 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 that's, um something to think about too we'll wrap it up on uh i did get to live with ivan my weightlifting friend for about a month in 2016 came and lived with me and despite being a lifelong weightlifter I still always had some jealousy and I was like, well, that's all he does. He's just, you know, he's born with, despite being a lifelong weightlifter, I still had those spots where I just went, well, that's different. He's a stronger guy than me. And I got to live with him for a month. And I realized that he too was human. He'd wake up and you just see him just scratching his eyes and going, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't, there's, I don't want to go. And he'd look at you in the refrigerator and be like, I just want to eat donuts. And he'd psych himself up and be like, let's go. And he'd go and he'd work until he was exhausted. And then he'd come home and he'd be like, we did it. And you realize you're like, this is a guy that's just been doing it longer than me. And I think he just won like his like fifth gold medal out in Vegas for like amateur physique of the year or some shit. It's. And again, that changed my mindset. I was like, oh, I I can do anything. If he can do it, I can do it. And it's really. Yeah, man, it, it holds the it it really does. It holds the secrets to everything. And not only that is it's not that you have to get to a, an end point 
to get all the secrets, the journey itself is beautiful. Every day you're learning. Every day you're getting more trim. Like you get, you're getting gifts along the way. It's not even that you're going and getting the pot of gold. You're getting like a, you know, a gold nugget every day. So, I mean, again, I don't, you know. Again, if that doesn't do it to you, you're going to die fat, lonely, depressed, and never getting laid. So it's, it's one or the other. It's, I don't know. Mr. Charles Smith, thank you, as always, for coming on here. I know I go on. With you more than normal, I kind of get unhinged and start yelling. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I find myself more than normal getting lost and just screaming. And I, like, I'll realize that you haven't spoken in five minutes. I don't have to like dial it down. Yeah, but it's all good. And so we're talking about health and what you can do for yourself. And, um, and, and, and it's been a great, uh, it's, it's, I've learned a lot listening to you too. Oh, you know? thank you. I, I'm more inspired. So, um, you know, if we can do it, you can do it. Truly. Look at me. I am not a serious person. If I can do this. And if you don't think that the lessons bully all over, go back to episode one of this podcast and go to now. It is improved. Well, it is improved. The studio is improved. The audiovisual is improved. How do you think it happens? Baptism by fire. A lot of pain, a lot of setbacks. But then you get here. So with that, guys, please go visit his website. That link is in the description. It's of two minds. And um, as always, man, I love talking to you. It's a great time. I wouldn't keep inviting you back here if I didn't enjoy talking to you. And uh, thank you for providing a safe space for my own psychosis. So uh, as I just scream in an ever-increasing unhinged manner. It's all good, man. Thank <laughs> you for letting me talk about health. You hell, know? hell yeah. It's like uh, one of my favorite topics. It's, so it's all good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'll send you a text. We're going to schedule another one. Until next time, Charles, thank you so much, brother. Take care, everybody. Stay safe out there. Much love. Peace.